Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today's very interesting conversation, I just want to pause for just a moment to say thank you to DBV Technologies for being a very kind sponsor of FACTS Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. This is an exciting time with college starting, and the reins of food allergy management are actually being handed over to you right now. But how will you decide what staying safe at college will look like? Will things change? Explore staying safe at college during this brutally honest conversation with college students Maya Kanoff and Emma Sorrentino, who want you to hear their thoughts. Welcome back to Facts Roundtable, Maya and Emma. I can't wait to dig into staying safe at college, but from the student perspective, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having us on again. We love to come on and talk about our college experience with you. (laughs) Well, we really appreciate you. I always mention this like nonstop, but you are one of the most popular pair we have on our podcast as guests. You are hot tickets here. could say we're fact celebrities. Oh, yes. we Yes, fact celebrities in the house (laughs) right now. I love it. So before we start, in case someone's turning in new, if you guys don't mind just quickly telling everyone where you are in your college journey. Hi, everyone. I'm Maya. I am allergic to eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, and sesame seeds. And I actually just finished my college journey. I just graduated from Syracuse University with a degree in psychology and a minor in human development. And I was on the pre-med track, hoping to go to med school in a couple of years. And I'm Emma. I am at the University of Vermont. I have one year left, which is a little bittersweet for me. Um, I'm allergic to peanuts. And I am studying biochemistry with a minor in emergency medical services. Also on the pre-med track. So potentially we'll be roommates roommates someday that could be fun (laughs) this is exciting we have two of our food allergy college students family members who might be treating my grandchildren oh god that sounds so weird but i guess it could be true oh my gosh this is exciting well congratulations to both of you for where you are right now emma it's an exciting time maya wow Like next step, here it comes. And again, I appreciate you guys being here. So now today's conversation is going to be a little more fluid, a little more relaxed, because I really want you to dig in with our listeners on the ideas and information you have about managing food allergies on campus and figuring out what's safe for you. You know, 
we can all agree that everyone has their own way of managing food allergies, like we've been hearing, you know, over the years with both of you and the podcast. So each of you take a little bit of a different approach. You end up at the same space, but it's all, you know, different ways on, you know, how you get there. And it's especially different for students because when you're at home, your parents are kind of driving, right? The safety and the policy and how things are going, but now it's going to be your turn. So what happens when a student arrives on campus? Like how does a student make that jump into, oh my gosh, I have to take care of my food allergies. And Emma, do you want to kick off this conversation? I would say it definitely is a pretty big adjustment. You're going from having a support system that you and your family has built up for almost two decades at this point. So it's kind of hard to take that jump and be like, oh my gosh, I'm in a whole new environment with whole new people and maybe even a whole different state. It does feel a little shocking at first. I, I won't lie. I found it pretty exciting. I was ready to sort of start being on my own and figuring things out for myself. I think first place to start is just Going back to what you've been taught and what you've learned over the years and establishing for yourself what few things are going to make you feel in control of your food allergies. So that might look different for different people depending on how comfortable they are managing their own food allergies or how many things they're allergic to, things like that. But for me, it sort of looked like you know researching different restaurants around me figuring out where the hospital is, which luckily luckily for me was five steps from my freshman dorm, figuring out the dining hall situation, you know, talking to my resident advisor, things like that, and really just starting to establish that network of support and connections that you had growing up. I think that's the place to start is just finding finding your new normal and and working those little kinks out, I think. It might take a while, but gotta start somewhere. I think one thing I'll add to, I definitely would suggest trying to get your feet wet a little bit before you even get to school, to college, um, so that you're not just jumping into the deep end. So maybe before you head out to college, if you are interested in trying to eat out at restaurants when you're at college, see if you can go out to a restaurant without your family or even with your family, but maybe you're doing all the talking while you're still at home in an area that feels more comfortable and more safe to you. And any little things like that, that's just one example that pops into my head because social situations in terms of like going out to eat definitely happened more frequently for me in college than they did in high school. Um, So I was really happy to have had that practice beforehand before I got to college when everything is so new. But yeah, like Emma said, once you get to school, trying to build up that support system in your new place with new friends and new roommate. And it can be really scary. And like Emma said, it can take some time. And I know like for me, I definitely was less adventurous when I first got to school. There were tons of situations where a new group of friends wants to go out to eat. And so I ate some dinner in my dorm beforehand and went and got a soda so that I can still be in that situation making friends. And so at that point, that is what felt most safe to me down the line once I was more comfortable with the friends I was going out with. And I had called restaurants in the area and gotten more comfortable with the restaurants. Then maybe the next time I ordered something to eat with people, but it didn't all happen at once. And that's totally normal if it doesn't all fall into place at once. 
That's a really good point. And listeners, Emma is over here nodding her head in full agreement. So continuing kind of digging through this, how do you suggest a student with food allergies who probably hasn't even thought about safety and them staying safe on campus until maybe even today by just listening to this, what would you tell this person on how to even begin this process? Like, it looks like, you know, you guys premeditated this a little bit, it sounds like. So when you got to campus, you were a little ready. So what would you suggest to someone who maybe hasn't even thought about, oh my gosh, how am I going to stay safe on campus? Um, I would say it's never too late to start trying. Um, Like I said, I did practice a bit before I got to school, but everyone's on a different timeline. So if your timeline is starting once you're already at school, don't worry, you're not behind. Just take that first step. Maybe call one restaurant in the area that you think you may be interested in going to eat and ask them some questions. And it's totally normal to still need your parents' help with that. I just texted my mom last week asking her to call a restaurant to double check on something for me. Make sure you remember that just because you may be away from home, your family and your support system from home are still there supporting you. Just from a distance. It's totally normal to fall back on them and really so helpful and so important during this big, huge change in your life. All right. So now let's get a little gritty here. So what do you think is realistic that a student should think about versus a parent? So, okay. So my poor son, when he headed off to freshman year and he's my, you know, first food allergic child to go to college. He had like this medicine kit. He had his emergency action plan and this big plastic thing that hung at the door. And then there was a hook for the, you know, epinephrine rescue medications. And, and it was over the top because I was over the top. I was extra. And so by the time second year came around, you know, he actually had to tap me down a little and, and take off. And then when my daughter started college, she's a rising junior now very different approach. But I do realize as parents, we love you dearly, but we also realize we can get in the way. So what do you guys suggest for students like realistically, and maybe you've even got a few tips for fellow students on how to manage the extra parents in their life? Yeah, I think I can think of two main things that helped me feel ready before I even got there. And those two things were talking to the roommate that I was going to be living with, which shout out to the previous podcast we filmed. Go listen to that if you haven't yet, because we just talked about it. Um, So talking to my roommate, and then the other one was sort of exploring the dining halls that I was going to be eating in before I got there. Because I was, I'm sure a lot of food allergic people can relate to this, but I was pretty nervous about dining halls just because I don't know, kitchens that are cooking that much food. I could totally see things getting thrown everywhere. And I was just very nervous that I would be only able to eat very select things and I would be too nervous to even try. That being said, I really researched the dining halls at my school before I moved in. And what that looked like for me was, you know, when I toured the school, I asked those questions. I was like, you know, how are food allergies in the dining halls managed? And When I was accepted, I talked to the nutritionist at UVM and I just said, you know, what are some resources? What does it look like? And then I actually ate in one of the dining halls during my accepted student visit, which helped me feel a lot more calm because I, you know, was able to see how everything is kind of separated, 
it's not all just thrown out there on a table and everything was labeled and desserts were separate. And that was something that was super comforting to me. So I recommend those two things as some big things. And then the other things will kind of fall into place that at least for me was helpful. Yeah, I ate in so many college dining halls before I even got to college because a lot of schools will even let you do that when you're touring. If it was a school I was really interested in, we would sometimes even reach out before touring, find like the dietitian or a dining hall manager's contact information online, send them an email, say I'm a prospective student, I'm coming to tour. Is it possible to see the dining hall? And then a lot of them will write back and say, yeah, we would we would definitely come see the dining hall. You can come eat in the dining hall and we'll show you how it all works. And so that was cool too. If you're kind of earlier in the process thinking about this, if you're still touring schools, because a lot of dining halls handle it in a lot of different ways. And each of them has pros and cons. I toured some dining halls where they would ready make like a separate meal just for you. If you had food allergies and you would kind of have to send like a text or an email to the dining hall an hour before you were going to go eat or something, and then they would prepare it for you separate versus like where I went to school, everything was kind of in stations around the dining hall and they posted labels with allergens, but it was still like a buffet style dining hall, which is prior to coming going college, I never ate from a buffet. But they did it in a way that was like managed by staff so that they reduced cross contact. And our dining halls were also nut free. So that like took out a big worry and sesame free as well, which was helpful for me. So I really only ever had to worry about eggs in the dining hall. And my freshman year, I was still allergic to dairy. So that too. But yeah, definitely getting comfortable with the dining halls is a big thing because especially in dorm life you most likely aren't going to have a kitchen to cook for yourself and you can only eat so much ramen noodles before you need to find another source of nutrition. A vegetable. But yeah, that's a huge one is definitely getting comfortable with the dining hall situation and whatever it may look like at your school. I think the rest you you can figure out as you go, but the dining halls is one thing that you can't get around. So unless... Unless you plan on, I don't know, ordering DoorDash every night from your favorite restaurant. But that's going to get pricey and your parents are probably not going to want to support that after a while. So getting into that dining hall and just getting your, you know, your wits about you before getting there. That was what really calmed me down when I moved in. Another thing I'll add is talk to those super careful parents who love you so, so much and have taken care of you your whole life because they know all the tips and tricks. And it may seem like some of the things they do have been annoying to you, especially as you're getting older and want some more independence. Thanks, Emma. (laughs) And as you feel a bit more mature and you're coming out from under their wing, but ask them what they think and how, if they have any tips for you on like things that they've picked up along the way of your up to 18 years of life living with food allergies because they may be able to impart some super helpful tricks on you that you can then take into your own life. And you may have to adapt them in a way that's suitable to college because they may be thinking about a birthday party situation in elementary school. And obviously that's going to look a little different for an 18 to 20 year old now, but the same basic 
tips can still be helpful and useful in your life now and thank them for those because they've kept you safe all this time. Of course, as a parent, I love hearing the thank you. But, you know, one thing, and I'm really glad you brought that up because it's a good point for parents to remember, too, is sometimes we do some things so automatically that we actually forget to teach it to you. I mean, like I am the whiz at going and researching if a product is safe or not. And and literally, my son forgot about that. And then literally on campus, he's calling me going, oh, my God, guess what? I forgot. And I was like, oh. I never really let you do it, didn't I? Oops. You know, so I'm really glad you brought that up. That's a really good point. Things as simple as like remembering to check the expiration date on your meds. I'm guessing you guys haven't done that for yourself very often. Your parents may be more on top of it than you are. Little things like that, that are so important in gaining that independence in college and really feeling safe on your own. So true. Well, ladies, once again, the clock is just flying and we're at the end. So before we say goodbye, do each of you have a word of wisdom? I think mine is just start becoming independent as soon as you can. And I'm not saying, you know, rebel against your parents and tell them you're just going to handle it all on your own, but really start watching them, start listening and start practicing those tools on your own because the more you do it before you get to college, the more comfortable you're going to be with doing it for yourself when you're actually like away from home. I mean, that's such perfect advice. I couldn't have said it better myself. And just remember that it's okay to be scared during this time because this is a huge step you're taking and be proud of yourself that you're taking that step. And like we mentioned before, it may take a little time to feel totally safe but know that you have the tools and the resources to get there. Excellent advice. You two are just wise beyond your years. I love having you here. Thank you again. And we are going to see you in part three, talking about going out. And so that includes bars and parties and the big alcohol conversation. So the next podcast is going to be a absolute don't miss. Thank you again, ladies. Bye. Bye. Once again, I would like to say thank you to DBV Technologies for being a very kind and generous sponsor of Facts Roundtable Podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV Technologies or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.